Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake Picard from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. We are here today on the Midnight Founders Podcast with Nicole Tanner from Swig. We have been waiting for this one for a while. We're super excited to have you on the podcast today, Nicole. Thank you Welcome. for having me. I'm super excited for All this. All the way so from St. George. All the way from St. George. This is great. <laughs> so, um, Nicole, we typically start the podcast out with a quick 30 second, maybe 60 second, because I'm sure you have a lot of history, just, uh, you know, uh, not background per se, but just your elevator pitch of what, what Swig is. And I think everyone knows, but just, we want to hear it from you. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's short and sweet. And I, you know, what's funny is a lot of people maybe don't know what Swig is, especially as we're branching out of of Utah. So I will tell you what Swig is. Okay. Let's hear it. Swig is, uh, we want to be your favorite drink destination. And we do that by providing an amazing product with the great pebble ice and a foam cup with superior customer service and a fast, friendly line. We want to be the best part of your day and that you leave refreshed and happy and then on with, the day, on with your day with the rest of your errands and with your loved ones. So we just oh. want to be your ultimate drink stop, whether that is soda, sparkling water, water, energy drink. We have some treats for you, but it's more than a drink. We want to be a part of the community. We want to be, again, the best part of your day. We are we are more than a drink stop by far. But that's how it all started too. But it's <laughs> fun to let other people know who we are. I can tell you my wife loves the dirty Dr. Pepper or Diet Coke, yeah. and she loves it almost every day. So I love that she still gets the, some of the OG stuff, like <laughs> yeah. just the giving the good old dirty Dr. Pepper. That's right. Because there's so many choices With a little now. bit of Coke in it and lime. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. So tell us your background, Nicole. How did you get into this business? What is your background like? Where did you go to school? Give us a little bit of background. So I grew up in beautiful Teton Valley, Idaho, um, on a farm. So I learned uh, the value of hard work. Mm -hmm. And you don't quit until the job's done. And it's not an option to quit. Sun up to sundown, right? Yep, it's got to get done. And uh, it was a great life. I am in the middle. I'm the fifth of eight children. Mm. And uh, I just had a really good upbringing. Um, The farm life is a good life. And Teton Valley is beautiful. So I had a really good childhood. And I went to Rick's College for two years. Go Rick's. Uh, go Rick's. Go Vikings. Yeah, go Vikings. That's not a thing anymore. It's but. not. I know it's not, but for us it is. It's for fine. us it is. That's right. Um, so Rick's College, now BYU-Idaho, and I uh, got my degree and moved down to Provo. And um, and then just went on with my life. I have five beautiful children. And um, lo and behold, started a, a soda company or a drink company you know, many years later. How, but, how did that idea come to you? Like, what, yeah. well, I mean, you have all the sodas and all the fast food joints and yeah. the Mavericks and the gas stations. Yeah. So Swig, but it's a unique concept. So where did that come from? So we would go to Sonic okay. to get our drink fix, mm-hmm. which was for me was Diet Coke with lime. In St. George. Plain and simple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In St. George. Okay. And uh, a lot of times the wait would be long because people are ordering food. Or you kind of just felt like a number to them, like you didn't really matter that you were choosing them for your for your drink choice. Can we just honestly say I'm still surprised sometimes they're in business because it is so bad there sometimes. 
I know, Sonic. Love you, but yeah. So yeah, and, or like your cup would maybe smell like onions or be kind of greasy, you know, because they're cooking food and burgers. Yeah, and yeah. so the experience was just kind of falling a little flat, but like that was your only option if you wanted the pebble ice, right? And if you wanted to just go get a drink at a gas station, that requires parking your car, getting out. I mean, it sounds lazy, but getting out, which for me, I have five kids, I'm buckling all of my kids going into a gas station which is dangerous because they're going to get candy bars, chips, all the stuff. It's drinks. now $50. It's now $50. <laughs> so I'm like, there has got to be a better way to, to get this, my drink fix. And so honestly, looked around, didn't see anybody else out there doing it. Saw how many people walked out with just fountain drinks out of gas stations. Mm. It's like, hmm, I think there's other people like me. So that honestly was just the means behind it. Like I would appreciate it as a customer and why doesn't this exist? Mm. Okay, let's go do it. You found a problem in the market. Yeah. Find a need and fill it. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. uh, Now that I think about it, my mom, like years and years ago, she used to have gas stations that she would like strategically go to because they had the best ice or they had the best fountain drinks. The best so, brick scene for, yeah. Yeah, whatever so it was. Soda to syrup ratio. The cleanest, rest, cleanest yeah, she, restrooms was my thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she would drive miles yeah. to go to one of those. So it's fascinating that nobody else. Yeah, and if you could stay in your car. Yeah. Get even, it. Even better. Uh-huh. So it was just, I didn't see anybody doing it. So And your first location was in St. George? Yeah, right there by Dixie College. Yeah, Utah Tech. And, when and it wasn't it? strategically placed there. It was just... Uh, bootstrapping, right? It, it, there wasn't a lot of money and found an old dilapidated building that had been a, a a skate ramp park with literal ramps up the side of it um, oh, yeah. back in the day in the 80s and 90s. I don't know exactly when I have a picture of it, but uh, it was a U-Haul rental place. It, it needed a lot of TLC, but the rent was the cheapest we had in the brand for years. And there was a huge parking lot. So I could huge envision cars yeah. lining up to get their drink. So it's just that it, the property became available. The landlord was this 85 year old gentleman who has since passed, went to him and pitched the idea of what we were going to do. And he literally looked like we we're crazy. <laughs> and, um, like, let me talk to you out of never going to pay yeah, rent. <laughs> right. And I need was, a personal like guarantee. I, said, I think he was like, okay, here's the lowest I can do because I really think he thought we were crazy, but like, let's give them their best shot. And honestly, that probably is why we actually survived because our lease was so low, our rent. So are you still there in that same? Oh location? yeah. In fact, we just did a redo on the inside renovation that needed it badly. And, um, oh yeah, it still is one of our top stores. That's yeah. so fun. It's like a landmark, you know, people driving past. Let's go to the OG Swig. So here's my story about Nicole Tanner, and um, it sticks with me to this day. There we are. We had just moved up from Vegas to St. George, and I was one of the marketing directors at Dixie State University. Yes, it's it's still that to me. Dixie State, yeah. Dixie State. And um, I see this little, like you said, this little pop-up drive through on the corner. And so I would pass it every day going to work the communications building and there was always this long line and I'm like what is going on over there so one day I stopped in and got a an avocado boba, boba. tea wow that does take yes. me back yeah and you served me direct, you know personally and um, you were so happy and so engaging and you said um, 
And I was curious, I'm like, how did this get started? And he said, well, my husband and I, he was the marketing guy and created the logo that you had with the guy with the straw and the, the drink. And, and I'm the one putting all the recipes and the operations together. And one day you just watch, we're going to make this a nationwide franchise. And I'm like, okay, good job. Go <laughs> good for it. Luck. You know? And, um, and then I visited it, you know, once a week or twice a week for months and months and loved it every time. And lo and behold, here you are today and you did it and you accomplished it. Yeah. I mean, it, the vision was there from the start. I, it just felt really special. Um, again, it was something that I would appreciate as a customer and it just, it really felt special. One of our, our first partners, they said, do you know that you caught lightning in a bottle? And it sounds so simple because it is really just, it's a drink, but we're more than that. Like we make you feel special, hopefully, as you come through the line to where you matter to us. Mm -hmm. It's a connection with our customers. We want to know their names, we want to know their drinks, we want to know their kids' names. We will always take your order person to person. Mm. It'll never be on a squawk box. And now we come out um, with iPads and take your order. Kind of like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I've seen that. So it, you, you mean something to us. I almost want people to feel like they, they have stock and swig, like it's their swig. And so, but I, we really, that's how it was from the start. We wanted people to feel special in our drive through line and that we appreciated them choosing us. It was cool that you took the so. time to even tell me that story. I was like, wow, this is really impressive. Yeah. And I was impressed with you, and you said you were a mom, and yeah. you have five kids. Is uh -huh, that right? Uh-huh, yeah. So busy in your own right. It was a love-hate relationship with my kids. And <laughs> they were like, oh, mom's going in again because the line is wrapped around the corner. And I'd be like, I'm just going in for a minute just to help them move hours. this line. And I have a picture of my youngest, who was about seven at the time. And he's sitting on about seven soda bibs with, like, boxes, you know? And he looks like he hates his life. Like he's like, mm, my mom, I'm stuck in here. Hopefully with his soda. And his yeah, homework. right, right, with the soda <laughs> at least. But what it taught my kids is you don't quit till the job's done. Mm -hmm. And you sacrifice, but you can balance. And uh, I think that it taught them how to work hard. And they were part of it. Like we were home making drinks, coming up with drinks. And they were on the corner with big signs saying, come down here to this place. They all worked in the stores, every single one of them. I love it. Uh, so they're a part of it all. I they're, love it. In fact, we just finished our, we have a big corporate office now, big for us. And um, I just sent a picture of all of it to my kids. I'm like, guys, look how cool this is. When you, you think back this. to the day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did. They were definitely a part of the journey. It was blood, sweat, tears to get there. So, cool. so I'm always fascinated. I don't know if you were one of these people that had like 5,000 ideas and then this is the one you landed on or was this the first idea and you were just like, we're charging forward with this? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, definitely the first idea. So uh, it was just more of like, this is something that I would appreciate and I know there's other people out there like me, busy person, would love to stay in my car to get my drink fixed or whatever that is. Um, and connection with people. I love connecting with people. I want them to feel special. I just didn't see anything out there like that. Any, a lot of the fast food places, you're like in and out, in and out as quite quick as you can. And no, it honestly was like, Boom, it's that, it was that lightning in a bottle of like, this seems really special. Very far-fetched because everybody sells fountain drinks or drinks in general. So you have to make it special because everybody's doing it. And now everybody's doing what we're doing, a lot of people. So, no, it was, I mean, I was a Mary Kay consultant for years, you know, um, 
and I worked outside the home for a little bit, but no, it was just like, seems like an amazing idea. No one's doing it. Let's go for it. That's awesome. That's, that was it. Yeah. I'd like to say I tried other things, but, and it's not like I, like I said, I've, I built things. I built a family of, you know, five kids and that takes work and balancing, but no, it was just like, that no one's doing this. We had somebody on the pod th- podcast that called it their business babies. They had like five regular uh-huh. babies and then business babies. And that's right. <laughs> no, I say that all the time. Swig is my sixth baby. Yeah. I say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating that like you had this idea and it, it's not like you were looking for some entrepreneurial venture. It was just I have an idea and I'm just going forward with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And everything was on the line. So you didn't raise money of, or anything. You no. just bootstrapped it. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. how did you, how did you take it from, I mean, cause profit margins in food and drink yeah. is really slim. Yeah. Something. Although a lot of people are like, Oh, soda, that's so cheap. You're crushing. I'm like, well, there's so much that goes into that Yeah, from equipment to, I mean, labor and Pepsi and raise their prices every year and mm. labor and just everything. It's not as simple as people think it is. Yeah. It's a simple you know, product, we don't have a lot, of, we don't have waste really. We don't have, you know, we don't throw away stuff. Yeah. Um, it's very simple, no grease, no fryers, but yeah. still expensive. So yeah, it was just um, rolling things over, you know, into growth. We did bring on investors back in the spring or summer of 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, we so were- So three years later. Uh-huh, okay. yeah, so three years. We just really created a strong, solid foundation in that first location of, no one's going to take care of it like we would. And so be there, be very present, make sure those customers are seeing you, that your team is seeing you so that they know that swig culture, that they know that we care for our team, we care for our customers, that's who we are, protecting it. And uh, and then branching out. So started looking for store number two in about year two when we're like, this crazy idea is actually working. We're making money. We're actually money. making some money. <laughs> um, no, it'd be, the lines were wrapping around the corner. And so I remember. <laughs> it's, it was crazy. AJ <laughs> was in line. I was day. waiting forever. <laughs> actually, they, it went pretty fast. Well, actually. and you know what's crazy is we've evolved with technology and, and policies and procedures inside. So if you remember, I probably took your order. Um, if I was not at the window, I was taking it with a yellow sticky note outside. We didn't have iPads for three years. Mm. It was a yellow post-it note. I would take the order. I would hand the customer the yellow post-it note. You would then hand it yes. to the person at the window who would that. punch it into the cash register, which was like a Casio cash register. Then we would hand that sticky note to the drink makers. You're hoping it doesn't drop on the floor. You're hoping you can read the writing. And then it <laughs> takes it to the handout window. I'm like, how did we survive for three I years? love it. But it worked. Scrappy. 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 So my advice to young entrepreneurs is you don't have to have the best, the biggest, all the shiny, amazing stuff. You don't need it yet. You don't even know if this is going to work really. So start simple, start small. And then when you find out there's a better way and you're ready for it, then do that. So you just kind of test it all along the way. You totally do. That's how anything goes. You test it and you go, oh, that worked or, oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. Mm -hmm. So... So yeah, we found a location exactly a mile away from store number one. Down on the boulevard. Down on the right? boulevard. It was an old malt shop that had gone to foreclosure. So um, got it for dirt cheap and then fixed it up ourselves and uh, turned it into swig number two. And we couldn't get it open fast enough. The lines, it was spring break in St. George, so everybody heads there. 
And we got highlighted by Channel 2 News up here in Salt Lake as the, one of the top destinations for spring breakers. Mm-hmm. And it blew us out of the water. So two stores now, lines wrapped around the corner, and we're just trying to catch our breath, keep our head above water. But it's amazing. So it's did your so family, amazing. like, half of them went to one, <laughs> half of them went to the other? At or? that point, I had to duplicate myself because uh, I was, like, the acting manager, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to duplicate myself. And that's another thing for entrepreneurs is don't hire people too quickly. Do all that you can do. Um, and then when you're ready to pivot to the next spot where you need to be, then hire somebody and then look for the people who care. Find the people who are going to care for your business, your baby, mm. like you would. So I found somebody that I saw, led out, worked hard, was caring for that store number one. They became the manager. Well, I went over and got store number two opened, but right away started looking for my manager for store number two. Um, so yeah, got highlighted. People were like, what is what is this swig thing? It's three years in. Uh, we brought on some investors at that point that um, were mainly financial at the time so that we could kind of grow a little bit and uh, headed up to northern Utah at that point to see if it would exist in a cold climate. So we opened up Provo Swig, which right, is right across from BYU Cougar Stadium. Right. Uh, it was the old Pizza Hut. Again, got it for a pretty good deal. Fixed it up, made it into a swig, and it went gangbusters. So I'm like, okay, there now we know it's a that thing. it will exist yeah. outside of sunny southern Utah. And so then it was like, all right, let's expand into northern Utah. And then from Bountiful was the fourth one, and then Logan, Draper, Orem. How many do you have now? 52. 52, wow. And <laughs> yeah. uh, how many states? So we are in five states. So uh, Arizona, we just opened our fourth one in Arizona two and a half weeks ago. Uh, Idaho, there's one with many more to come in Idaho in the next little bit. Texas, we have seven, six in Dallas, one in Houston, and four in Oklahoma with many more to come in all those. I just talked with, um, so a little bit of, we'll take two steps back. Yeah. I'm doing something similar with my family where we're... um, building out and, and launching a Dirty Dough franchise. Oh, yeah. In yeah. American Fork. Love it. Um, and a grand opening this Saturday, so shout Yay. out for that. Yeah. Yay, that's exciting. So, um, so fun. I was talking to another franchise owner, and he's down in Oklahoma, and he told me, he's like, well, and <laughs> it's going to sound terrible on air, but he's like, I went with Dirty Dough because it was available. I wanted swig, <laughs> but he's like, I went with Dirty Dough because there were no swigs available, right. so it's been sold out completely. Right. Well, we didn't. So we just turned down franchising in January. Okay. We weren't franchising. We haven't friend. We we just are. It was now all corporate stores, right? All corporate. So yeah. you have fifty two. They're all corporate stores. All corporate. Wow. And I'll tell you the why behind it. We could have franchised years ago, mm-hmm. right? There's been the demand. We've had fra- franchise requests for literally ten years, mm. um, and we thought we needed to head down that path. It was about 2015. Because there was already um, competitors doing exactly, I mean, exactly what we were doing, which at first hurt. And I was like, oh, they copied every single thing. And we know some of those names. Yes, and that's fine. But so it hurt at first. But then I'm like, that's a compliment. So I'm just going to focus on what we're doing and do the very best we can. I think too oftentimes people are focused on what everybody else is doing. And okay, well, maybe we need to do that because they're doing that that way or whatever. Focus on who you are, what built you, what are your core values, which for us is that superior product, amazing customer service, fast-moving line. So anything we do, anything we bring in, 
um, where we go has to have those three values. Mm. So um, we could have franchised years ago, but we weren't ready. We didn't have the training. I knew that we hadn't learned the things we needed to learn to then duplicate it and give people a swig and go, you're going to, you're going to succeed. You're going to do well because we've done all the hard work so that you will be able to just hit the ground running. And I would not feel good sleeping at night if I franchised right away and hadn't built that out like I needed to. I love that. You were so, really focused on a lean principle called nail it and then scale it, right? 100%. So Again, it goes smart. back to who we are and why I built it is the people mean something to me. And not that people who franchise early don't, that it, they might have an amazing product and they're ready for it. Mm-hmm. But um, for us, I really wanted to be part of the culture of of the communities that we were in and and team building and just all of it. I now say a lot of times we are an amazing drink brand that has, that really is a leadership brand because our team members, and by the way, we don't call them employees. We call them team members because they're part of our team. I can't do anything without them. We're going to go side by side to the finish line, but they start at 16. It's their first job usually. And they learn leadership skills. And before you know it, they are a shift lead and then they're an assistant manager and then maybe they want to go manage their own store because they have that care, that swig care. And then I walk into a store or other leaders and we go, wow, that that kid or that person is leading out. Have a conversation of like, do you want to go open a store in Texas? For example, we have a kid. He's a man, but he's a kid. He's 19. Um, he's amazing. So he, he was a manager at our Leighton store was before he even graduated from high school. Two weeks after he graduated from high school, because of the leadership we saw in him, he went down to Dallas to open a store. What a cool opportunity for him, too. Right? Yeah, yeah it's so great. And because he rocked it there, we moved into another Dallas store to open. And now he just opened our store in Houston, which is on an island, really. He's three and a half hours from anybody. He's 19. He's kicking butt. So in Houston, Texas. That's so awesome. So it's cool that we get to have these type of leadership. So we're going to grow corporately still. So we have this really strong foundation and now doing franchising. We're ready. We are finally ready. Um, and and it's really cool. So we are going to Nashville, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, um, Idaho, Nevada, all over. How many franchises have sold since you? We have signed on? 110. Wow. And 200 on the docket. Oh my goodness. That's great. How do you <laughs> feel about so, that? It's it's surreal and amazing when you think of how it started. How it's just like, please let one location work, you know? Yeah. And um, but it's very cool, very surreal. I I the growth was slow and steady. I mean, there were times where it was like, hit the gas, okay, scale back as we rebranded. So in 2017, we partnered with Savory, Andrew and Shauna Smith. We love them. Shout team. out to Andrew and Shauna. Shout out to them. Love them. So I was introduced to them. Okay, let me backtrack. We were gonna we started down the franchise path back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're like, okay, I guess we need to franchise. There's competition, which I guess we got to duplicate ourselves. Didn't feel great about it. We'd done about 90% of the legal and we're just And like, it's a lot too. It takes about a year, lot. year and a half to get that it's even done. It's a lot. Yeah. And we just didn't feel good about it. We didn't think we were ready. So we pulled the plug and waited. And there was a lot of prayer, a lot of like, okay, help me to find the right partners that come around that really help, will help us know how to scale. So 17 locations is where we're at. 
That's so different from scaling from one to even 10. When you're at 17, it's, it's next level of like, how do we now scale this from operations to HR, to marketing, to development? There's so much in it. So I was introduced to Andrew and Shauna. And the minute that I sat down with him, it was like, oh, wow, we found our partner. He just, he, they got it. This is what they do. And so they were able to take on the heavy lifting of all the things I just talked about, everything to where I could focus and go back to the customers and the team and make sure that SWIG culture was still there as we opened and scaled. So that was the end of 2017, and we scaled from 17 to uh, 45 in those years. And then just recently partnered with Larry H. Miller, which was like such an amazing partnership. We'd had other um, uh, capital that wanted to come in and just didn't feel right. They didn't understand the brands. They're like, okay, what is SWIG? Like, like, it, you know, sugary drinks and do you feel bad about that? And will it exist outside of Utah? And I'm like, like I said to you, AJ, like all these, all those years ago, oh, it will just wait and see. Everybody's going to want a swig in their community. Like they will. And now it's like, oh, everybody wants a swig in their hometown. And it's actually happening. But it's because it was very methodical, yeah. very thought out the right partners at the right time. I wasn't just going to bring on anybody. I wanted them to know it, love it. Are you bought in? Do you believe it? Because you have to have that to grind it out. Well, you're a great ambassador for your brand. I mean, you just you can feel it just in talking to you right now. Oh, it's awesome. Well, it's my sixth baby, so I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pick favorites for this one. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm just thinking lo like logistics about going from 52 to 350 stores. <laughs> so uh, you've got a tiger by the tail right now. How are you managing that? Oh, my goodness. Um, an amazing team. An amazing team. So we are building out our own swig team. So we shared that with Savory for a long time. But as we have grown up, right, um, and like heading out in uh, nationwide and even internationally, by the way, um, we have to have a swig team. So from development to our own, like our own development, our own marketing, our own payroll, our own accounting, um, all of that, our own training. Um, but a pivotal moment for us is when we hired our CEO, uh, Ryan, in almost a year ago. And um, he he worked for Seas Candy before this and Tacova's Boots brand. So he knows how to scale. He knows large operations. And he took it by the reins like it was his own. He only has two kids. He's younger than me. And it's like his third baby. And to trust in someone that is really taking it like that. Like I just, I sent him messages all the time. I'm like, I can't even tell you how much it means to me to have someone taking the reins and treating it like I would and protecting it like you I would. You duplicated yourself. That's what you I, wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, I did. And when we partnered with Savory, Chase and Dylan, who are partners as well, they came in and took over operations and marketing, and I was able to slowly hand that over to them. And then they took it and ran with it. A lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, I can't, that's such a hard word, but, and founders, <laughs> they want to keep it all for themselves and the control. And if I would have done that, we 100% wouldn't be anything. And so is it hard sometimes to turn over those reins? Absolutely. But you can't do it all. You won't win that way. And in fact, you'll get in your way of your own growth because 
there's other ideas out there. And like, for example, sparkling water, refreshers is what we call them. I don't love them. If I'm going to drink anything sparkling, it's going to be a Diet Coke, right? And so, um, but my partners love it. And so when we were rebranding and coming up with our new menus back in 2018, 2019, they're like, sparkling water is the rage. We need to try it. And I was like, really? You really think our customers are going to like that? And I'm so glad that we tried that because I would have gotten my own way, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we rebranded and the swig guy went away because we needed it to be a little more clean and fresh and, and like, Maybe this this is a serious brand. Not that the Swift guy wasn't serious, but we needed him back in the day to catch people's attention and the brightly colored building like you saw as you drove back, mm-hmm. you know, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, just rebranding and trusting that your partners have amazing ideas and your team has amazing ideas and trust in that. When we rebranded and we went away from the bright colors and all of that, I was so fearful of like, will our customers who, again, are like my friends – would they think it's still their swig? I really had that fear of like, are we ruining this brand? But my partners had great ideas and I leaned in and I love it. It's one of the best things we've ever done. The branding is spot on. So with our new CEO, Ryan, just taking it and running with it, it's going to do what what we are predicting. Like we will have in the next three years, 300 at least stores. So crazy. That's, that's awesome. Which is exciting and scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but that's what business is about is you have to lean in. You have to take those steps. Um, you have to take risks. And you try it and you go, we're going to learn things in franchising because that's that's business. And we're gonna be like, you know what? That didn't quite work as well as we thought. Okay, let's try this. And that's what we've done this whole time. We used to have shaved ice. We used to, you know, have smoothies. We, we tried different things. But if they were went against those three things, like I said, if they were slowing down our line, which the shaved ice was, and our managers all cheered when we got rid of them seven years ago, um, you got to stay true to who you are and don't be stuck on an idea because maybe it's not working. Try something else. Cool. I love that. Uh, I think it's awesome. I think a lot of founders and entrepreneurs um, that need to take that step and hire a CEO to run the company, I don't think a lot of them uh, are able to make the transition like you did, um, and are able to let go and actually let that person fill the role. So congratulations on being able to make that transition. I'm sure it was tough. It was tough, but we interviewed a bunch before him and we'd take them around the stores and get a feel for them, see how they interacted with the team, um, get to know them as a person. So it's not just like, hey, yeah, you're great. It was a lot of thought and and work into finding the right person. And with Ryan, it was almost like I turned to Chase and Dylan afterwards. I'm like, okay, like, did you guys all feel what I was feeling? Like he's gonna be a good fit. And like, okay, well, let's it's like dating. Like, okay, let's 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 have him come out again. And second we'll, date. Second date. <laughs> let's just see if that was really but it was very methodical because this, we we love our team members too. And we want them to buy into Ryan as well and love him. So yeah, you're so right though. A CEO is a hard find and it and it is scary because they are taking the reins and running with it. So and it can be amazing. So and I, I feel I sleep really good at night because Ryan has got it. That's cool. And my partner's Chase and Dylan too. So we're all just a team and you'll see us at openings a lot. Um, if you're in the area for Saratoga Springs in three weeks, come get a free drink and a cookie and you can meet the team. So cool. Yeah. 
So um, when you brought on Chase and Dylan, did did um, uh, Andrew and Shauna, did they sell out to them or are they still well, in the Chase picture? Well, Chase and Dylan were, they'd started the soda shop back and then it was a um, soda place just like Swig. They wanted to franchise back in like 2015. I wasn't answering phone calls because I was too busy for franchise and I knew we weren't doing it. So they opened their own um, uh, soda concept called the Soda Shop down in Arizona and in Mesa and Gilbert. And they um, partnered with Savory a year before I was introduced to mm. Andrew and Shauna. Okay. And so when uh, I was introduced to them, Andrew and Shauna went to Chase and Dylan and said, okay, well, we just spoke with Nicole, the owner of Swig. Um, should we partner and let's let's take it, let's do Swig now? Because I had 17 at the time and they had two and they so graciously, they, forces, mm -hmm, they graciously were like, yeah, let's turn ours into Swig Smart. and let's combine efforts. And they brought a lot of talent to, and, and they're young, they're 32. <laughs> so talent and energy to the brand that was desperately needed and we wouldn't be where we are today without them. That's incredible. Yeah. Nicole, what is your, I mean, and this is always an interesting question when I ask it, and if you don't have a, an answer or haven't thought about it, that's fine, but what is your end goal with Swig? Like, did you eventually want to go public, or did you want to... You know I've thought about this. I, <laughs> I just, Considering she said in the very beginning, just wanna, we're going nationwide. I want to preface it, yeah. But what is the end yeah, goal? Yeah, I mean, the end goal, honestly, is that everybody can get that happiness in a cup that Swig provides. I really want everybody to experience that to make it their best part of their day, and that may, may, may sound cheesy and cliche, but it really is. It's more than a drink uh, from our fundraisers to save the cups. Um, for breast cancer survivors, like there's, we're way more than drinks. So I want people to really know what Swig is and to experience it wherever they live, nationwide, international. Honestly, I can see it going big. We have quick story. I was at a restaurant conference in Chicago like a month ago on an escalator going up the stairs with my Swig shirt on to um, Middle Eastern men from Dubai um, behind. And they said, do you guys work for Swig? And um, one of my team members, it was like, oh, she's the founder. And they're like, oh, you are? We flew 15 hours from Dubai to Utah to get a Swig because we'd heard so much about you on TikTok and everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, really? Wow. And um, like, they want to bring it to Dubai. So, cool. I, you know, the sky's the limit with this brand. Sure. So I see it going everywhere. It deserves to go everywhere. It's that special. Uh, I could see an IPO in, in the future, okay. 100%. Okay. Um, with the momentum behind the brand, uh, what we're doing, um, the specialness of it, all the stuff lines up, all the amazing things line up for that. But listen, we're going to focus on what we can control right now, and that is making sure that that brand is solid, secure, customers are taken care of, the team is taken care of. There's growth. There's opportunity. Um, we focus on the here and the now. Cool. I love so. that. Nicole, with such an emphasis on customer happiness and satisfaction, what what um, mechanism have you built in place to for you guys to hear your customers and understand whether they're happy or not? And do you yeah. do you measure that and track that? Totally. Oh yeah, yeah. We do. We have a loyalty program 
where you put your phone number, and I'm sure your wife has one, mm-hmm. and you see sure. how much she's spending at SWIG. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Not with her number, but on your bank account. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have a loyalty program, and we can send out um, questions to them of like, how are we doing? Um, we do surveys. Uh, we always, if you look at our social media, uh, our Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, there's so many comments on there and we read and respond back to as many as we can, if not all of them. We, our customers are a part of this business. So we want your feedback. Tell us what drink you want back on the menu. Tell us what cookie you want back on the menu. Tell us how we can do better. We, we want to be fast in our drive through lines as well. Please tell us if we're not, because that's how we improve. So, yes, we definitely get all that feedback from our customers. We value it. We need it. Kelsey's figured out a hack. So if she, knows, if she knows one of her friends are having a rough day, she goes to Swig and gives them their phone number and says, what do, what drink did they order last? <laughs> so smart. Yes. What? Yeah. yeah. Great idea. So with your loyalty number, we will it'll be saved as one of your favorites. That's another way that we our customers mean something to us. So. Several reasons. We know your favorite, so that means we know you. It's kind of a cheat for us because we can't remember everybody's, but we want to know you and know your drink. And also it saves time so that you don't have to go, oh, you want the extra and the light and the whatever. It saves time for them and for us. Makes it quick and easy, but that's a good hack. Yeah, yeah. I like so she, that. Yeah. So she doesn't. Then you know, people think that they she yeah. knows their drink, but yeah, yeah. You, know, it's a hack. you heard so, it first on Midnight Founders podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So true. So Nicole, true. Uh, you kind of talked about this earlier about how your seven year old had a Midnight Founder moment there, helping <laughs> yes. out with the. That's a the, good way to put it, right the there. The drinks, yeah, yeah. But is there is there a story or a time that you can think of where you were just like, just in that moment where you had to solve the problem or you were like, crap, this we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, there, there's always little moments along the way. I think for us, it was that, uh, several moments. Do we franchise? Do we not? Cause we'd put almost a hundred thousand dollars into the process. Oh, yikes. So, and then abandoned it. And then we just went pause. Yeah. Pause. Pause. And honestly, we never got that money back because we paused for too long. So that stuff was all obsolete at the point by the time we're starting to franchise now. So, um, yeah, that was like risky, but it could have killed the brand if we'd done it without being ready. So that was scary, but very pivotal and good for us. The second was um, partnership of who can take us to the next level. With 17 locations, what do we do? I know we need to scale it. The pressure is real. Everybody's opening up stores all around us. We need the right partner, then waiting for that right partner to come around. We didn't just need money. Money. Everybody will want to throw money at you. You got to find the right strategical partner that can really come in and do the things that you need. So for me, they took on all those things I talked about earlier. But um, So finding Savory was very strategic and a very big tipping point for us. Finding Chase and Dylan to come in with them huge because they they learned so many things with their two stores as well so the brand turned in such a big way with that partnership with savory mm-hmm. it was very thought out very prayerful felt so right from the start uh and the the brand really we hit the gas we refined for a good year the 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 menu the branding the logo the operations the covid hit literally a year later and because of all the refining that we'd done we didn't just survive we thrived because we had the technology 
that Chase and Dylan had brought in. Mm. We were all outside taking orders on iPads. We were prepared and ready. Savory's help. You couldn't find masks anywhere, right? We had a team member at Savory made 500 masks. She sewed them all so our team members could stay safe out there in the drive-through. There's just so many moments that we're like, wow, wow. We were so protected and blessed during a hard time where, where restaurants were losing, losing it all. And we were the place to be because we were a drive-through. So all these stay-at-home moms that are now teachers and, and that are like, let's go to SWIG. We need a break. Or these healthcare workers that are working day in, day out, and they need a break. People who hadn't tried us before now came and tried us because they're like, well, what do we do? There's nothing else is open. Let's go to SWIG. So we became the best part of their day. Um, and then after COVID, um, the end of the summer, because we were so blessed, we decided to give back in a very authentic way, a way that I was given to before SWIG started. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 37. And- um, Sorry to hear that. Thank you. It's one of those things that you just go, whoa, wait a second. So, but my, Diversion, my, right? yeah, yeah. My life was spared and gave, gave me new um, energy for life. Started SWIG and then dug into all of that. But my partner this summer of 2020 said, Nicole, didn't you have breast cancer? Because when you're a cancer survivor, you really don't shout it from the rooftops usually. And he says, and weren't all of your bills paid for back then? And I'm like, yeah, they were over $12,000 by a generous donor. Don't know who it is still. He's like, that's what we need to do. Let's give back to our customers for women fighting for their lives with breast cancer. And we're going to go in and we're going to take that medical debt weight off their shoulders, just like what was done for you. Wow. Cool. So we, it, it really is like brings tears to my eyes, but that is where this business and brand is way more than a brand. So wow. we raise money every October for women fighting for their lives. We've raised over a half a million dollars. Wow. We've helped 25 women so far and that's just getting started. So, um, yeah, and there's you guys don't just, that a lot. You don't hear about that too much. No, no. That's really cool. So we call it, we call it save the cups because we sell drinks and cups and we're helping women who have cups. <laughs> and so it's really a cool thing. We talk about early detection because that's what saved my life. Um, we talk about just awareness of, of, you know, what's going on in your body and don't be afraid of mammograms and help out a friend in need and, Mm-hmm. And and our customers are the ones doing it. They're the ones buying the drinks, donating the money. So I mean, half a million dollars over in really three months' time is astounding. That's awesome. But that tells you the culture, the amazing uh, customers we have. Like they're bought in. It is their swig. That's cool. And that's it's full circle moment, right? That is awesome. Yeah, Nicole. What? On average, how often does a typical customer visit a swig in any given week? Yeah, yeah. At least once, if not two to three times, if not daily, okay. if not <laughs> twice daily. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Oh, no, it's geez. it's true. It's true. Some people will be like, oh, I haven't been to swig. I don't drink soda. I'm like, oh, you're missing out. We have so many other options for you. So they come and try it. They're like, Life-changing. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, like, get a fruit water. Get a strawberry breeze. They're water-based. They're great. Um, I did a segment for CBS News down in St. George. They heard about us because TikTok went crazy with dirty soda a year and a half ago. So they came to check it out, and they're from New York City, and they're like, wait, what do you guys do? Like, you sell soda? You sell drinks? That's all you sell? They came and tried it. I made them several drinks. I made them, like, a dirty Dr. Pepper, a Founder, which is my drink with Diet Coke, and 
I made them the the strawberry berries and the fruit waters. And they were like, can you get us another one of that? Okay. And I want to try like, <laughs> you know, the pretty and pink and I want to try this. They were sold. So, so don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Nicole, what does your day-to-day look like now, now that you've got a CEO in place? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I laugh because it is like a lot less stress and a lot more carefree, um, which is amazing, right? And um, I have a lot more free time. But what I do do is uh, make sure that our team members feel seen and heard. And and like I went into two locations today and popped in and said hi and made some drinks and rubbed shoulders with them so that they can see this as more than just a job. This is more than just a brand. This is, I see you, you mean something to me. I will go take orders with customers so that they can see that I'm still around and I still value you and love you. Um, I work with new product development. So when new products are brought in, which we try to do, we're trying to do like 10 LTOs, cookies every year. Um, And then we're bringing in drinks, new drinks every quarter. So just things like that, that make sure that they fit with the brand and who we are. And uh, I'm at every store opening as well. Now, as we open more, we'll see. I'm hoping to keep that. <laughs> That's pace a big up. commitment this ah, year. <laughs> I have missed a couple this this last little bit, and it kills me because I have FOMO, like you can't believe. Because those opening days are super fun. It's free drinks and cookies for anybody who dares get in that line, and we serve a thousand to eleven hundred cars a day. That's awesome. So it's pretty fun. I'm tired at the end of the day, and I realize my age. But I'm um, at the end of the day. But it is super fun. I just want to make sure I'm very present. Any PR stuff, I want to make sure that people are realizing that it, it is female-founded, which is pretty rare, and uh, we are 85% female-led, and that's pretty that's cool, incredible. too. That's incredible. Not yeah. intentional. It just organically has happened, and so uh, just really helping to establish this is SWIG. This is who we are, to letting people know about this brand and getting them excited about it because it is special, and it's meant to go everywhere. And I think I can authentically tell that story pretty good. So um, it's just being very present, you know, wherever I'm at and letting people see, try Swig and get to know what Swig is. And this has been so fun. You, uh, it's clear, like you, you can talk the talk, but you've also like, it's consistent in the way that you've built the business, in the way that you treat your customers, in the way that you treat your employees, the way you treat your partners and talk about them. Like you're a really great founder and it's uh, impressive the company that you built. I'm excited to see what, what happens next. Thank you Same. so much. Likewise. Thank you so much. Yeah, it'll be fun to it'll be fun to see. And again, the fact AJ, you were around from the very beginning is really cool. We don't even have avocado bubble tea now. Oh no. We don't even call them bubble tea, we call them boba now. Boba. So, yeah. 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 But Oh no, that where did that go? It just Shoot. didn't sell. It was one of those things we weren't couldn't be stuck on it. It was like a low seller, so we had to get rid of it. <laughs> Dang it. I know. I'll still support Swig, though. Okay, good. Okay. Well, your wife comes and gets her That's diet right. or her Dr. Through Pepper, her, dirty Dr. Yeah. Pepper. You're, you yeah. can open several franchises. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So fun. This has been so fun for me, too. Anything else, Nicole, that uh, we didn't touch on during the podcast that you would like to shout out to the audience? Yeah, just get ready for a Swig coming near you. Uh, it's from like the Larry H. Miller um, Megaplexes. We now have a Swig in their Sandy location. We're going to start putting those in all the movie theaters from our partnership with Larry H. Miller. Um, we're in the Bees Stadium, so you can get a Swig there in the Bees Stadium. But more so, 
we're going to be spreading nationwide. Like really soon, the first franchise stores will start this year, starting in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mm. So uh, get ready to see swig everywhere. We're spreading the swig love. I want people to be looking for us. Follow us on our social media. Our TikTok is booming. I don't, I'm not on TikTok really. I'm too old for that. But um, Instagram, Facebook, you'll see a lot of fun stuff on there. Our engagement is pretty cool. We have an amazing marketing team. Uh, so just get ready because the as cool as the last 13 years have been and the story I just told you, the next 13, who knows, years is going to get even better. Swig Nation. Swig, Swig World. Nation. Swig World. That's right. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, spreading happiness in a cup one swig at a time is what I say. So cool. If people want to reach out and find out more, is there somewhere they should go? Or Yeah, like I said, you can find us at swigdrinks.com, our okay. website, and then just all of our social media. It's very engaging. You'll know pretty quickly who we are. Um, save the cups. You can hear about that story on our website. We've got lots of things on our website. Franchising. If, if you want a franchise, you can go on there as well. Get um, in line. Get in line. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And we are starting with larger groups first because we want to help vet out the process first. We don't, I don't want to hand it to somebody and it's their life savings mm. and they're taking one location and, and they're not quite prepped and ready for it. And we aren't ready for that yet. So these these bigger groups are going to help us vet that out to where it is ready in the future for somebody's life savings. I, I Again, I don't want to do that to somebody if we're not quite ready for it. So you're looking so. for the well-funded, yeah, multi- or just and, and, Or just like... Yeah, somebody that's, yeah, yeah, I don't, it doesn't have to be like a ton of wealth, but somebody who's kind of been there, done that and can do like five to 10 mm. to start or commit to it. Got you know, it. you don't do them all at once, but commit to that sure. amount. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being on the Midnight Founders podcast, Nicole. Good to have Thank you here. Thank you for having me. And I love the title of that, of your podcast. It's awesome. Thank you. See ya. The Midnight Founders podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And Rev Road is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.